0: for them. Hi, everyone! Oh, oh, oh. Hey, welcome to TR. Yeah. I- wow. So, this
1: magenta
2: color. By that and that was popular. a surprise. Uh, <laughs> something.
0: Oh, We've all definitely seen this before, and we know what's happening. <laughs> that. I love this. Wow. Oh, I think my goodness. face
2: looks oh,
3: uh yeah yeah welcome uh this show looks a little different from what uh folks uh remember in the past perhaps uh we are no longer 10 dead rats we are now tdr uh the dynamic review oh there we go uh, as,
2: as was
3: no, you don't like that. One. Um, well, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll change it. We'll change it later because, uh, as <laughs> as uh, viewers of wandering DMs know, the uh, titles determined randomly. So that's the best <laughs> one. I think it's TDR. Anyone asks, that's what you said.
4: I love
5: that.
3: Excellent. So what's what's going on with the new show? So basically, we finished our Warhammer campaign last season. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's done. We're, we're, we're not playing that game anymore. Um, and, uh, we talked about what to do next and we thought it'd be interesting to kind of change up the show such that instead of running one very long campaign, we will run, uh, more small, shorter games, like maybe three or four sessions each, uh, try out a bunch of different systems, get to play some different, different kinds of games and then, and then come back as a group at the end of each game after three or four sessions of playing a game. Maybe some more. Maybe some will go a little longer. Maybe some will be really short. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but then we'll have one end cap episode where we'll just talk as players about what we liked, what we didn't like, where the system worked for us, where it didn't work for us. Uh, so it should be interesting. We should be able, I think, across a couple seasons of this show to get to see a lot of different uh, role-playing games. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. And yeah, hopefully
1: no one goes blind that's off.
3: in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, no end of shit about the about the magenta color scheme like of our, our the exact weird hat retro. Scheme.
4: I I have
0: a lot of <laughs> research I want to do. You don't have a yeah, color picker uh, We um uh,
3: we will be uh, changing up DMs, a uh, different GM for each game. In fact, uh, I will be out of the hot seat at last. I'll get to play. Um, and in fact, in fact uh, starting us out uh, will be Colleen. We'll be picking up the first game for us uh, next week, starting next week. Colleen, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're going to run?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the game is Kids on Bikes. Kids on Bikes, and it is a player narrative driven game, which means I don't have to do a whole lot of work. It's great. Um, <laughs> just my kind of a cup of tea. But yeah, it's 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 a game. Um, of whimsy and coming of age, it, it styles itself after genres such as like uh, shows, such as uh, stranger things or movies like the Goonies, ET, those those 80 feel good shows where um, kids are on bikes and sure. they find a dead body and they poke <clears> it with <throat> a stick and then weird stuff happens to them. And sometimes there's a conspiracy. Sometimes we can get really dark or sometimes you can get super whimsy and weird. Um, there was one time I had people become cats. It was strange, um, but it's, it's all up to the players. So the first game we're going to create the town, uh, which has a bunch of different rules around it. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, so everybody gets to see us make a village. And the only limitation is that it has to be a small enough town that you can get anywhere on by riding a bike um oh. and you know all, yeah, and not everybody has played kids either so you can play kids teenagers or adults they all have separate rules um you know kids tend to have it's all based on what like you fe- what you fear so kids have uh fears like the dark and monsters and stuff that you know adults aren't afraid of um but they aren't afraid of things like mortgages or you know losing your house But adults are. Adults (laughs) are worried about taxes and divorce and stuff. While teenagers are afraid of things like social pressure and going to the prom and am I going to pass that math test and get into the college I want? Um, Max
4: like... My fears are are all (laughs) locked into teenage years. At no point have I evolved years beyond that Uh, period of life. still worried about prom. I, I, I mean, I didn't go to props, so it could happen at any point. You never know. Oh, God. <laughs> Awesome.
3: Awesome. Well, we will start that game uh, next week. Um, but for now, for our uh, for our starting uh, episode, we are going to begin at the end. And we're going to do a review of the 10 Dead Rats campaign that we just completed over the course of the last two years. Uh, so, you know, only only a little bit to cover over the next two hours. Uh Yeah, it should be easy peasy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for those um, who don't realize, uh, 10 Dead Rats was a Warhammer Fantasy game. We used a custom set of rules that I wrote, which is available uh, at the website 10deadrats.com, which is a variant of another set of rules that was called um, uh, Small But Vicious. Uh, or Small But Vicious Dog. Small But Vicious Dog? I think that's what it was called. Um, which is all a play on pieces of equipment that are uh, available to the Rat Catcher class in Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 2nd Edition. Uh, that The Rat Catcher class came with uh, a Small But Vicious Dog as well as a pole uh, holding 10 dead rats. Or 1D10 dead, ra- dead rats, I believe. It was actually how many rats you got. You had to roll. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: would be the only role oh, you'd we get a ten on, of, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. only yeah. fits so many rats on a so, pole. <laughs>
0: um, so I didn't. I didn't want
3: to run. I uh, so so we were running. Uh, let me let me go back. So we were running campaign material written for the first edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay called The Enemy Within. Very classic campaign. Uh, it's been around forever. People have run it uh, a billion times. Um, I tried to run that once using 4th edition Warhammer. I wasn't totally pleased with that, and that's what led me to eventually writing my own set of rules. Uh, I'm curious, uh, from other players who have played other editions of Warhammer, how how do you think our custom rules stacked up?
4: I I missed the job progression, Mm -hmm. but I didn't miss percentile rolls. Uh, <laughs> uh, the roles felt a lot better but I really missed the job progression
3: hmm.
4: career progression whatever they call it
3: yeah. yeah yeah the career progression which I think is really um, <clears throat> uh, heavy in first and second edition but by fourth edition I think it's kind of they, they, they kind of moved away from that as well uh, Christian have you right, so, yeah. Warhammer RPG
0: yeah I played a bit with you uh i guess just the older versions i've never run it um i also am an opponent of percentile systems uh generally so yeah didn't miss that um yeah uh i do think it did feel and i don't know maybe it was uh just because i was playing the only character in our game that actually like got into combat and got into a lot of fights (laughs) uh uh, i did feel like (laughs) With yours, uh, we were sort of perpetually at the low career, low skilled point of yeah. uh, we. Were yeah, that's always a good point, always bad. Up until the end, that was that was that was ultimately intentional.
3: Um, if you read the rules of Ten Dead Rats, it caps out at around level ten, and I think I make a note in there somewhere of like I really don't expect anyone to get past like level five, um, because Warhammer Fantasy, the original. Uh, versions of that game, you definitely start out at some pretty lowly character types, right? You're playing things like charcoal burners and rat catchers and stuff, and you're you're meant to be the low of the low. Um, Colleen, have you gotten to play much Warhammer fantasy or yeah. roleplay?
1: Oh, uh, just just some of the one shots. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly can't remember the big difference between the systems. Um, but I don't know. This this was probably the longest I've played in. in in the system. And, and the thing that always sticks out to me is, is that fact that you always start off as this loser basically who can't do anything and everything's terrifying and dark and uh, all you usually have is a stick. Um, and that's really fun. (laughs) That's that's really fun to start off that way. Uh, it's, it's very different. uh, Yeah. It's very different from like where D and D is going where D and D is like, you're an epic hero at level one. And here we're like, if I get poked, I die. Um, oh. I, don't, <laughs> I, I think it actually caused us in this campaign to be a little bit overcautious. We were kind of talking about this before the, the show started um, where, you know, um, Andy Andy joined a little bit later. And she was like, why are we all cowards? It's like, because literally everything was trying to kill us. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we would enter into a fight and then we'd be like, oh, shit.
5: Bruno's dead. Like, no. Yeah. Um. Well, the very first fight I ever had, Colleen, you stabbed me in the face, and I died immediately. So yeah. I think I had perpetually. What did I wind up with? Like ten hit, fourteen hit points at the end, but I started with three. So, I it was it was an interesting Max. You you ran Warhammer for. Made, right yeah, yeah we, we, yes,
4: we briefly yeah. played a fourth edition game it went so well that i yeah. i hated it so much that we just stopped like four sessions oh, you went in, so but...
5: hard you were like i yeah, never want to yeah. run this again um <laughs> it was it was very different very crunchy um but it's mm, it's yeah. it's it's fun to like progress through yeah. um career changes i remember one of our players um was like Way more devoted to career changes than like actually the fights, and started like sort of collecting things for the career change. That was kind of a fun role playing like caveat to it. Um, but I I don't know. I it was you're you're right. It, it is sort of fun to be cowards I, <laughs> and to be like if I get breathed upon I'll die. If someone's got <laughs> a shield, I was it was over. <laughs> if I couldn't cast magic whistle, it was over.
3: <laughs> I thought that was. That my, was uh... We had, um, you know, so when I wrote the rules, the rules are basically just how can I warp original Dungeons and Dragons, the 74 edition of of uh, D&D, and play Warhammer on top of that. and i really really just wanted something much much lighter right i wanted to get rid of that crunch because i thought you know i want to be in the warhammer world and i want to play around in the warhammer world but mostly yeah. i knew the the show was going to be us talking right it's going to be us kind of bsing and i thought that would be more fun to have some rules that just kind of get out of the way
1: surprise Let's... it's just us bsing for 2 Ooh. hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: not willing to just like go on yeah, a shopping yeah. trip for the entire session. <laughs> that's,
1: that's we have to so talk weird. about that like before our <laughs> we or like, we can't do that because we have to end the show. Well, you know, it's we'll hilarious playing, is that I hate shopping. I... I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> just, I'm just I hate shopping on <laughs> role-playing games. I hate it. Anytime I'm like in a D and D campaigns so was like, I'm going to go to the market and get, find myself a magic shield. I'm like, not doing that. No, that's boring. I hate that. In this game, for whatever reason, I was like, let's put on hats and have a montage.
4: Because we were never shopping for anything useful. We were exclusively no. Oh, no. shopping for flavor pieces.
5: <laughs> we shopped for clothes like a
4: lot. We really, I, really- spent, <laughs> I think Bruno spent most of his money on clothes. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who knew what they were at any point. <laughs>
0: Oh, quite quite a rage, constantly. as I recall. <laughs> I don't know where we
3: put all that clothes. Really yeah, yeah. I, I I particularly remember enjoying the like small child sailor uniform costume.
0: There was neck rough. Uh, a giant <laughs> neck ruff. Giant neck ruff.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Good, stuff.
3: And liked, uh, good
1: stuff. I liked. I liked it that um, one thing I liked about the shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shopping. The one thing I did like about the shopping, though, is like really early on, we're like, yeah, we're going to go look for stuff. And we would have these little moments while shopping where either it was about um, really we were shopping, but the scene was about something else happening, mm. like whether it was like an inter- interaction between the characters or a relationship or like Orlock shows up in a perfume shop and you're like, oh, crap. Right. Um, it yeah. was really good opportunities <laughs> like that to actually open up the plot. Instead of just, I'm just here for an item that's going to boost my stats. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm going to waste everybody's time while I look up a chart.
3: Like, Me, yeah. Meeting, meeting Orlock in the perfume shops. Definitely one of my favorite scenes.
4: So good. <laughs> so I think it was our first shopping scene. Maybe that really set up uh, our yeah. uh, love <laughs> of shopping. <laughs> <laughs> can't be.
1: remember Could why be. we were there for the perfume. Oh, wait, because we were making um, Indigo fancy oh, oh that's, that's right
4: right <laughs> that, wow <laughs> go fancy
1: and we were so dumb they were like what do rich people buy mm, yeah like perfumes so like, let's go get some fancy perfume but we didn't actually buy it we were there to steal it right we like, that's yeah. right Everybody. that's good yeah
5: And something i've always appreciated about the way Paul, that you run this, I wasn't there for the perfume scene, obviously. But I can see you guys being like, "Yeah, we need to buy rich people perfume." Paul being like, "Oh yeah, there's a perfume shop. I'll make a perfume shop." Like there was never like a stop. It was like, "Yeah, okay, let's see what dumb shit you're gonna do with this," Which makes the whole world. Be fun.
3: Definitely, definitely my yeah. preferred way. Uh, you know, I yeah. do, I do enjoy improvisational DMing. Uh, I like it when the players go <laughs> a little off book. Um, that was always actually part of this. You know, I, I, when, when we set up the campaign, I said I was going to run the enemy within, but I was fully prepared for the players to take it completely off the rails if that's what they wanted to do. Um, generally, you guys followed the plot. Generally, you stayed on... on on. It's kind of on... There was a few moments where I thought, like, I oh, see. this is it. This is where we're taking a left turn, and then somehow we managed to, like, find our way back.
4: Well, that uh, really felt... One of everyone... my... <laughs> one of my big questions is... When... <laughs> What would have happened if we really did try to go to Bretonia which I heard is great this time of year? That was really. I, I really think great. there were moments like, in the you, game where we were very close to deciding to do that. Yeah. I oh, don't yeah. know if it would have happened, I, but <laughs> I feel like I the I drug to delivery to was.
3: I definitely would have not did it. not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, there were. There were a couple of things that I did have plans for. Uh, plans is is an over generous term for 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 uh, what I was what was going on, but um, I did have um, uh, there were there was two things. There was like I was prepared for the game to go very Breaking Bad when we started introducing Narop and the drug pl- subplot. Because that's not in the books at all. And so I thought, like, it, this could go, they could go deep on this and they could just walk away from the plot line, and, and I was prepared for that. And the yeah. other thing was uh, the Skaven subplot. So the Skaven appear once or twice in the books, but they're very minor. They're like just there. Yeah, they're Skaven and they're kind of interested in stuff, but um, yeah, it doesn't really go into detail. So I think there was a point. Um, just after i think just after the castle when you guys were underground trying to rescue bruno was that was happening i think bruno got abducted or something and it was getting a little kind of skaveny and i was like ready to get out a bunch of skaven source books and go into some kind of weird skaven plot line
1: yeah what was going on with them what oh yeah what was that
3: (laughs) well the skaven (laughs) um by, by warhammer um uh Sorry, uh, by sort of Warhammer canon, uh, the Skaven are, uh, have multiple clans who themselves are infighting. So there are multiple Skaven clans that are infighting about, uh, generally what they want is Warpstone. And as you know, Warpstone was pretty central to our plot of, uh, it was what Narop was made out of. Um, and so they wanted to control it for different reasons. Uh, notably, the uh, there's. I know there was at one point. You guys saw the um, uh, sort of the plague uh, rats, the Lakin pestilence, the, uh, clan of, the
0: worst clan, one. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Clan Pestilence, uh, who who they were kind of involved in getting the Narop up to the doctor who was living in town uh, near the castle, who was basically poisoning everyone in town. Um. I don't think you really got dug into that subplot. That subplot is actually in the book of this, this weird doctor and his, uh, you oh, know, his attempt uh, to, you know, to poison the whole in
4: the book?
3: No, but he is cr- manufacturing a strange drug that is made out of uh, worm stuff. So it was actually very easy for me to go, oh, well, that's clearly neuro." Oh, <laughs> <Huh>. nice. <laughs> like that, that was just Quiet. me weaving bits of what was already in the story until what you guys were interested in. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that I was prepared for like, you know, uh as you were getting into that sort of drug plot line for it to be possibly, you know, very scaven heavy. Anyway, we didn't go that direction. I think you, you got you, you rescued rescued Bruno and you got the hell out of there as quickly. <laughs> as you could. You're uh, like, yeah.
5: Nope. So we like turned around, we saw this massive like troll, I think, like leading a caravan mm-hmm. full of warpstone we were like no thanks that seems hard and oh the
4: rabbit. Right. yeah i forgot yeah. about that yeah. too yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah that
5: was yeah with insane. the big underground
3: train yep yep
5: hey remember how yep. we left I, a uh, demon uh,
3: in the fact, <laughs> oh it's all it's all it's all coming back to you now the, the, <laughs> the train <laughs> sorry the train this is actually a thing I had in my head uh if you followed the train and were trying to find the source of some of this warpstone you would find that it was coming from uh Mordheim the uh, destroyed oh. city yeah yeah oh my God. so you could we could have gone we could have gone uh dug into mordheim a little there but uh oh, can no, we go back
5: go. I want to do that. <laughs>
3: I've got I've got that my Mordheim great. board
4: game ready to go. In fact, I think uh, yeah, yeah. I think really? it's worth I assume hundreds I of dollars Mordheim on eBay. I'm ready to bust that out.
3: <laughs> I always thought more time was an interesting setting. Would be an interesting setting for for uh, a Warhammer RPG. But anyway, anyway, that's that's those are the cl- closest we came to like getting fully off track, and then and then you guys were like, no, we'll we'll, we'll do the content. Although there are cases where. <laughs> Also, you kind of, like, breeze through, like, like the whole castle. Um, we talked about that a little bit of, like, there's a ton of, con- like, half the, what is, the, which book is that now? Anyway, it's the Death on the Reich. It's Death yeah, on, the it's Reich. on the Right. Uh, mm-hmm. half, half that book is about the castle. Half of this book is, a, is about the contents of the castle, and you guys just zip through there. You're like, nope, 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 was- nope, nope, nope
1: we were still no, like terrified <laughs> yeah. and those were like a castle of a, a bunch of rooms of nightmares like every room was what what did we set? do we separate into a Kubrick film what happened yeah there's like <laughs> oh. a room full of cats i still don't know who that lady yeah. is or why she's there yeah.
0: i don't what care was she's... Pit.
1: what
5: was in that pit
1: what was in the pit it was
5: so bad
3: I have a Let picture go. here of the uh, of the of the pit of the contents of the pit. <gasps> Holy
0: wow. shit! Yeah. I'm so sense. glad yeah. we didn't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Oh my god! Uh, yep, yep. It's
3: pretty gruesome. It's pretty gruesome in the pit, writhing shapes of uh, withered gray limbs. It's just like a big sloth trough of former people that uh, that, uh, basically is where Marguerite was tossing her failed experiments down to the pit.
2: Mm, um, My my real
3: disappointment in the castle that you didn't uh, meet, though, is the uh, actually the the lord of the whole castle, uh, Ludwig von Wittgenstein, who has been turned into a giant cockroach. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So he's a a giant anthropomorphic cockroach, and uh, he's actually a really nice guy. Uh, so that's my Great. my favorite part about that about that bit of content is he's actually nice and helpful and would be happy to chat with you guys. So I thought that would be super fun to roleplay.
2: Oh, that uh, you avoided guys avoided, fun.
3: avoided him entirely. was he? <laughs> uh, he? Oh, geez, where was he? He was in one of the
5: many houses we walk right past.
3: Well, he yeah he well yeah he, well he was in he was in a separate tower that is across the pit on the other side of the castle. And you guys kind of looked over there a couple times. and you were like, "Not going over there." Yeah. There was also a temple that had been taken <laughs> over by a bunch of Slaanesh worshippers, and you were you'd say yeah. probably best that you didn't go there. Also, yeah. Wait,
1: didn't we walk into that temple? Did we walk into oh, I think it? And you we did. were yeah, like, "Yeah,
3: yeah." So you like poked ooh, your heads nope. up, and you were like, <laughs> <no>.
1: "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." We did. Uh, we were like, "Oh, maybe this is a Sigmar temple." Nope. Oh, <laughs> sorry. We didn't mean to interrupt your. You're wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eyes wide shot. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> I said Kubrick film. Well, let's leave. Let's go. <laughs>
4: part, part of, I guess, like my mechanical issues, or I don't know. It was fun in this game because it was fun that we couldn't fight, but like everything I know about, like. OD&D and Warhammer made me look at what was on my character sheet and be like, this is not a person ready to get into a fight. Like, there are none of the things required for it. I feel like Colleen and I were maybe most (laughs) saddled with, like, even the abilities I could pick, none of them would have made me any better at
3: fighting. (laughs) So, So, I mean, I guess my question is, is that a good thing or a bad thing?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe why I missed the job change, because maybe narratively, it makes you feel like you're getting better without, like, I think it would have been cool if Bruno, if I got to erase Barber Surgeon and put Doctor on Bruno's thing. Obviously, that's what God. he was trying to do. Uh, so I think, yeah. like, yeah. I think that's why I was kind of, like, pining for that, because <laughs> because it's like, I'm never going to get better at fighting, but I surely should be able to call myself a Doctor.
5: That being said, you were never that good at fighting, but, like, if you didn't heal us, we would have all died.
4: (laughs) It was, I mean, it certainly was a powerful, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, you you were very good good at surgery surgery by the end of it, so, I mean, I think it was within your right to call yourself a surgeon. Yeah,
4: yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah. (laughs) Likewise, (laughs) Christian was an amazing warrior by the end of the game. Um,
0: yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I really
0: yeah. enjoyed that, that... Oh, one. Uh, I think, like, in terms of... Uh, you ask about, like, is it a good thing with the fighting? The only thing that, like, yeah. was the part that caused me the most, like, pause. Because I... Whenever I play in the Dan Collins D&D game, I'm <laughs> always the uh, I basically always play the fighter because it, you know, I don't know, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of fun out of that. Um, and I felt like... As Indigo, I couldn't really test how strong I actually was because fights were so much to be avoided. So there was never a no. fight. I felt really risky whenever until I got Miraz, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm you know this guy's got shit to his head. He's gonna fight every." Um, yeah. There were
3: there were occasional moments though, right? There was the there was the contest of champions, right? The that uh, was fantastic. To become
0: that was the so champion good. of uh, yeah. midnight. Those were, were good. Those were, were good for that. Um, but there was, like... Anytime we fought more than one person, I would never know, like, can... Knowing that, you know, most of the characters in the group aren't fighters, can right. we take it? I don't know, because I don't know how good my character is at fighting. An gotcha. actual gotcha. role, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but that is.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly shaped the campaign. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either, frankly. Um, I I enjoyed the direction the campaign went. I I I do find it a little, I guess, refreshing. We've played. I played plenty of D and D games where it's much more tactical, uh, or at least at least where, where combat is featured more heavily. And the fact that you guys were like, "Nope, we're gonna we're gonna talk our way and or run <laughs> away from everything." <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, so, so it was fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. I did earlier, like it. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Um, I was joking earlier, like, it really felt like, especially like later on when I got more magic missiles, like any fight we had where nobody had a shield, I could just kill whoever. And any fight we had where somebody had a shield, I would sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> I would try and like, just spell magic for 40 years um but like i that's i didn't really want to take too many offensive spells cuz magic missile already felt incredibly powerful so i took a lot of like utility spells um which is insane yep. cuz magic missile um but like <laughs> 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 it's very much i had like the one thing and invisibility could always go invisible.
3: invisibility invisibility is fantastic i mean invisibility, the, the way was that, great. invisibility that was so funny the game was hilarious
4: <laughs> Yeah, chat, chat says that drinking and invisibility was great, and I'm pretty sure that was maybe Mina's second episode with us. <laughs> and Promptly. <laughs> Promptly was like, "I understand the tone of the game and how I can use my personal skills to make it even crazier." <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, I thought about taking group invisibility at some point, and I was like, "No, no
4: wait, <laughs> too no, too much no. too much power." A invisible it. and then putting it inside an empty box was <laughs> my favorite. just the funniest plan. <laughs>
5: oh, my God.
4: It's
5: true. I think having like super limited skills meant that we just had to do weird, dumb shit to try and like make things work, which was really fun.
3: That
4: was great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hey, we got an interesting question in the chat here. Uh, oh. Curious how everyone felt about the um, the XP system and using uh, basing all XP on personal ambitions rather than killing monsters or getting treasure or something something else more discreet. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I
5: always love when XP is like tied to <laughs> role playing. It's it's so much more fun.
1: Yeah, I mean this. This goes back to why we avoided half of the places in the castle. Yeah. We opened up those doors and went. I'm not getting XP for this. No, my personal ambition is I can't remember what it was during the castle, but um, I think it was to get out of the castle. Uh, yep. So that's right. <laughs> ah, um, but no, I, I think it's. I think it promoted role play. Um, I loved it when it. We are, our personal ambitions would conflict with one another. Um, that mm. always seemed to happen in general. Of like, oh, I want this thing, but Bruno wants this other thing. Or uh, I mean, <laughs> I can think of his own. Like, to be a
3: powerful go- vampire, oh. and Bruno wants to to cure me of vampirism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so or the whole thing with Elvira, bit. where it was like, like he wanted her to go on a date, and he was like. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this halfling all the bad <laughs> shit that Bruno does <laughs> because that's that just good. gonna do today. Yeah, like uh, uh, those good times. That's great. But yeah, those. Great. I mean, I think it's super fun. Um, yeah, it makes progression a little bit slower. So, like, there was a couple times where it was really hard to meet your personal ambition, or we would get so oh, far in the yeah. plot that we've been. Oh, we have to rethink our goal. Um, and the fact that a lot of the plot so convoluted that we would we would pick something that was like the end of the game,
2: like, oh,
3: <laughs>
1: maybe we shouldn't do. That. <laughs> we're not going to figure out what the purple hand is by episode three. Hmm. Yeah, hmm.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 true. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Christian, thoughts on the on the XP system? Um, I liked it. It was way different for me, just because I'm not used to playing games that have that much like mechanical incentive behind role playing, but I did like it. Um, it did feel, especially near the end, kind of hard to think of one. And I think that's just the context of our show of like, well, we got to end the show and we're nearing the end and <laughs> all of this important- <laughs> Right. What is my personal ambition, if not the same thing as our party ambition, right? Of, <laughs> okay. yep. Yeah, that's true. Certainly as
3: you approach the climax of the of the of the entire show, yeah, yeah, it does sort of become like, well, there's one thing we're trying to do, and let's wrap that up and not leave loose ends. Um, you know, for me as as GM, uh, the the main reason I really wanted that XP system was just as a as a blatant way for you guys to tell me to inform me what you wanted out of the game, like rather than me just constantly, like, well, what do you guys want to do, right? Like, just well, no, you really have to tell me what you want to do because that's how you get XP. And then I go, oh, this is important to them. I guess I better throw an opportunity for, um, you know, a lot of the vampire stuff, frankly. A lot of the vampire stuff came out of, like, you guys setting personal ambitions and <laughs> going, like, oh, crap, I guess yeah. I got to bring the vampires back. I guess, I, gotta- <laughs> <laughs> I guess they better show up again.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah, I always love yeah. it when, like, xp is tied to the kind of game that you want to play like i really enjoy how blades in the dark has that thing where the more desperate of an attempt you make the better you that's how you get xp so you're always trying to make these like desperately stupid stupid like risky things because that's how the game wants to function so this felt like i think it was it was best played when our personal ambitions were like crazy personal and i was like i want to get a date with this wizard like, that's when like, I had the most fun I want to impress her like <laughs> I mean like I honestly at a certain point like near the end like Christian was saying like I if I had, if we'd been going on forever my personal ambition would have been like get some necromancy texts or like learn how to do this and I was like that's just gonna you know spin everything off and that's not what we're trying to do here but like in the middle we were just sort of you know, doing what we want to do—that was so much fun. I love that.
1: It's a—it's a pretty cool way to figure out what we want, Paul. Um, because, like, <laughs> you could just run your game, right? You could just run what you want to run, and then we could still have really dumb love interest scenes that you don't care about happening, and then you'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. When you get, you get back to the actual game here, right? But instead, you're like. All right, this is what they want to do. So, <laughs> I guess because I guess I'm have to set that up. Guess Elvira's getting What's kidnapped. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so,
4: so, was the was Elvira
0: Elvira or...
3: getting Elvira? You were about to ask, is that in the text? Yes, yeah. uh Elvira getting kidnapped is absolutely in the in the in the book. That's, that's uh, you know, that's one of the funny. players falling in love with Elvira is not. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Elvira is um, barely hinted at in in the early I think in um, Shadows Over Bogenhofen I guess just for anybody who isn't aware uh, I've, got, I've got the books here uh, so classic campaign, this is the books from the first edition Warhammer Fantasy so uh, Enemy Within we played was the first one Shadows Over Bogenhofen Death on the Reich uh, we did not play Something Rotten in Kislev we, we skipped that one uh, power behind the throne, and then the last one is Empire and Flame, which I don't have the book here for. Um, but uh, Shadows over Bogenhoven, I think she ha- she like runs a stall in the in the um, uh, the thing. What is it? The uh, the festival, and she's uh, just the kind shopping of
0: fest. Id-
3: yeah, yeah, the shopping fest, and she's just kind of idly placed there as like, a, yeah, she's here just in case anyone's like. No, it's written for the earlier editions of Warhammer where there is that career progression. So they're like, well, if anyone's trying to pursue like a profession in like apothecary or something like that, oh. she can help. Right. Mm. But then they're like, and, and she's just there as a foreshadowing because she's interesting in this later bit where she gets kidnapped. <laughs> right. And that's, wow. a little, that's a little thing uh, for the players to dig into about about like, oh, she's been kidnapped. Um. Yeah, yeah. So obviously now, that it was character time, was made though. into a more interesting NPC than was originally uh, intended. Um, Orlock, Orlock is uh, in Death on the Reich as a minor, uh, optional encounter. The interesting thing about Death on the Reich is it presumes you're you've got a boat and you're sailing up and down the Reich, and you're eventually going to go to the castle, which is on the cover. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> uh, the castle. But until uh, you do. Here's a bunch of random stuff <coughs> that kind of gives you flavor and and maybe if you wow. want to like dive into a weird uh trader, you know, economic sim, you can do that and and obviously you guys quickly rejected that idea uh which I did, not mind. did not mind that uh you were like not really interested in like resource and you know trade. Oh, was
1: that was I that did that all really to, like, take a... the paper to Non. I'm oh, sorry.
3: No, yeah, no sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. I did really enjoy giving the, the boat to Renat, though. Yes. Yeah. Getting to yeah. the boat and make and Renat realizing that she was much more confident of this than the rest of us was <laughs> was a good though.
3: Yep. So in here, there's a, there's an optional extra, extra encounters you can run along the river, and here's a little a little section uh, with. Uh, Count Orlock.
2: <laughs>
3: <Not Orlok. laughs> um uh, Yep. And uh and, and I, I just thought, you know, that was a funny way to kick off the game was to chuck Orlock at you very early, right? Because I, I started the game not and this this was even before you were on On the Reich. This was you were just like getting from I can't remember what town I started you in, someplace weird. You were trying to get to Carolberg, I think. And I was like, oh it's mm-hmm. uh, it's funny to me, to say, like, let me throw a monster that is way out of league for these players. <laughs> right? But with, like, ample ways for you to take care of it. Like, he's he, you're you're in charge of his boat, it's on running water, it's during the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys could have taken <clears throat> Orlok out in a variety of ways. <laughs> Very easily. Nope. Nope. Or- let him out Orlock in the middle was- of the night.
4: <laughs> One of my favorite NPCs of all time, though, so pretty happy he lived that. Uh, Orlok <laughs> and Yeffi was just a fantastic relationship.
0: Uh, yeah, that was really uh, great. Yeah, the Orlok parties were real highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Love. I remember
3: parties. in those. I remember in those early days, uh, driving around in my car. Practicing my Matt Berry impression so I could my family, properly properly do the Count Orlock voice. Uh, yeah, he was funny. Uh, I, I think towards the end, he started to get a little one note, right? There was a little bit of yeah. like, all right, Orlock is a pervert, but we, we get it. Um.
4: <laughs> it was funny that he came back in the Ariette. or whatever section as a somewhat more serious character, though. That was a fun. I like that. I, I don't know, yeah. one up yeah. of it or whatever. Yeah.
3: Good. Good. Glad I, glad. Glad you enjoyed
4: that.
1: I enjoyed that he was like the loser vampire. <laughs> yes. Like, yes.
3: That.
1: <laughs> like you slowly dawned on you that they just were like, ugh, we have to keep you around kind of guy. That was fun. I had
3: Ooh. I had this thought in the back of my head about Count Orlock, which I think I never said aloud, but I had this thought in the back of my head that maybe he's a virgin. Maybe oh, it's all an it. Oh <laughs> no. That that, that was That's... that was in the back of my head. It's all it's all for show. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that oh, I, man attracts honestly.
3: It, it, it fits, right? It fits. It like, why impact, is he uh, so ridiculous uh, over the top? Oh, he does. actually has no idea what he's talking about is the answer. <laughs> he has no clue. <laughs> anyway. I, uh, I think this was, was the
4: uh, only game I can think of that had a successful and interesting for everybody romance plotline, and I think we had like three of them. Like, <laughs> Yephi and Berdo, <laughs> Yeffi and Orlok, Mina and uh, and the uh, the assistant wizard I, all of them were yeah. incredible and I don't know I, I feel like that's like the one thing you're like absolutely do not put this in my role-playing game and everyone <laughs> was very funny uh.
3: yeah you it was you avoid romance in your in your games max
4: I don't know I just don't know that it's ever come up and then I, I don't know I feel like it just doesn't it doesn't really it's an odd. Thing to come up. i feel like it's just feels like it's not going to be entertaining to everybody it feels like it's going to be something for that one or two people involved in it mm. uh but for whatever reason every scene between mina and what was her name jesus uh
2: jenna, jenna. jenna. jenna
4: jana was i was just like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen i'm just going to keep watching <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear the entirety of their date night like
5: <laughs> oh my oh, god. Oh, i think well you can imagine they're all super good
4: <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> i think it helped that all the relationships were dysfunctional
4: well yeah like, yeah it, like that's
1: oh yeah that's what made it entertaining and for a little while i thought I did think that it just had run its course, and we're like, "Okay, this joke is over now. Like, we've we've just finished it, right? Like, how long can how long can the will they won't they dysfunctional, abusive, toxic relationship <laughs> of Bruno and Neffy go on?" But then, like, Years, it turns I, out. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like there was that turning point with the stinking rat that happened, rat. where I was like, <laughs> "It's over," and then. It was turned great. around and I was like, "What is happening?" Okay, we I guess we're keep keep, keep going with this. Then
4: <laughs> like Partly breaking up I Max was kind of devastated. I was like, "Oh, Bruno definitely didn't mean <laughs> to. Uh, I didn't even realize that was going to be uh, upsetting." I was like, "Oh, no. bruno has got to get back in her good graces now."
3: Oh my god. No, it was just I, funny. I like I- I- Bruno was routinely taken down a peg, right? Like, like his, his attempts at romance <laughs> with Elvira were just miserable failures. And then, like, he desperately sought to try and, like, prove oh. himself as a necromancer. And then Mina shows up and is just like, well, this is how you do it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, I it's just awesome. love the reason, Bruno. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I think the reason that um, Bruno and Yaffe work so well together is so they just made it everybody's problem
1: like we all problem. <laughs> <That's right.
2: laughs> So what Which you're saying beautiful. is that
1: really really why it worked was because of indigo because like <laughs> mina came on the scene and was like what what is what is this happening and it was like just just uh, just let it go yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i really enjoyed being like what are those two muppets who um yeah surf in- Adler, that's what it felt uh, like. Yeah, just like Indigo. Yeah. yeah, Indigo and I sitting and being like, what's happening? Who are you? <laughs> <these?
2: laughs>
5: Is this functional? Did they enjoy this? <laughs> it was just great. I loved every second of that. Uh, it's so much fun.
4: <laughs> but I, oh, do, I do have to, if I had to, oh, sorry, go ahead, yeah.
5: Oh, I was going to say, we should have had an episode where we tried to get Indigo a date. That would have been great.
4: <laughs> i mean, uh, in, indigo's like arms reach approach to every happening was also one of my favorite things like the way indigo rolled with the punches of like mercenary stuck with these idiots chosen of sigmar everybody wants him to be emperor at like evil cult leader <laughs> Ganger, and yeah. no point did Indigo seem perturbed by any of that. He just kept plowing <laughs> forward, which was so funny.
2: So uh, good. like
4: any single one of those things happening to any other character would have derailed that character completely, and Indigo just plowed ahead. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, Indigo's just like, yeah, this is happening to me. And Bruno and, and the Effie were so full of themselves that they weren't like, who is this guy? We were just like, yeah, yeah that's right. normal. Like, yeah, yeah. that's right. Indigo's he chosen like by guy God. God. like you everybody.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying I'm trying to, to remember. I'm trying to remember. So, so as 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 I'm sure everyone is well aware, the enemy within uh, the starting the starting adventure of this campaign uh, involves the group finding a dead body that looks just like one of the party members, uh, with a note in it that says that they're due a big inheritance. Uh, which Edible the plot. the amazingly, the text goes out on a limb and it says your players will definitely try to impersonate this person. That will happen. <laughs> uh-huh um and and so far every time i've run it they're right that is exactly what the players try to do i, I trying to remember why i picked christian specifically i mean uh apart from you know obviously this uh oh no i lost it oh, no no oh. no go. 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 yeah. uh, this, this, this delightful truly delightful <laughs> piece of artwork um I'm thinking it maybe it was just in the in the early moments of making your characters that everybody had so, kind of such wacky characters. I was like, let me let me get the most straight man character and let me get them and and pull that pull that person because this person's going to get screwed with the whole campaign. <laughs> <laughs> so it you won has- you won the lotto there, uh, Christian. You're welcome. Wow, thank what you.
0: Is, what is the genesis
5: of this photo? I mean, obviously this is directly uh, from the book. It uh, look like, but what is the genesis of
3: like how did, how did it actually actually get created this is um right so he's he's a he's like a merchant who's traveling and 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 they find his dead body and they go oh it looks just like one of the characters and um and I thought it would be amusing to just photoshop up an image so I this is like an actual like I don't know 16th century portrait of a merchant or something oh. that I then uh, photoshop christian's face onto and then ran through a couple filters to make it look like a drawing to try and you know blend away the fact that it's been photoshopped um, poorly. and uh, <laughs> what? You uh, my photoshopped goal with it, this yeah my, my goal with it was to not just come out and describe right use video to my advantage and not just have to say oh it looks just like Christian's character but to just throw the picture up there and make the actual people... Realize slowly. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs>
2: hey, wait a minute. That was great. Doesn't <laughs> this look incredible. like someone?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> that Why? That will forever
0: it? haunt me. You should frame uh, it too. Yeah. Didn't it? Didn't
3: I, I? I want to go back and watch those early episodes. I feel like I feel like it took a moment for people to start cluing in. Like, wait, that looks like someone.
1: Who does that? (laughs) This is a weird Photoshop. It's like, why is that merchant wearing someone else's face? (laughs) 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 All right, all right. My Uh, Photoshop skills are not perfect. Yes, yes,
3: yes. And I think that,
1: Kristen, I think when you were playing that day, you weren't wearing glasses. You didn't didn't have those frames on. So it was like, it took a while to go. Wait huh? a second. Huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? Yeah. It took a little while and of course the Dutch haircut, but um, yeah, it took a little while to be like, wait a second. Uh,
3: Christian, have
1: das? you considered getting the Dutch haircut? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't. I
4: haven't. I'm pretty sure at some point growing up, you must've had that haircut. Probably. Oh my God. Like in you were seven
0: stop yeah
1: uh, oh my word
0: yeah yeah cosplay yep. yep. as uh as uh um oh my gosh what's his name Caster castor liberon <laughs> <Castor Libre, laughs> <yeah. Castor. laughs> i'll get
3: the haircut uh, go.
2: oh shut sure, it's a big well. beauty
3: Definitely, definitely the best handout I've produced for the entire campaign. And uh, i, I mean, always, always delighted uh, in any excuse to get it up on screen.
4: <laughs> uh, always, always. <laughs> I, uh, I, had, I had a t-shirt made for Christian with that picture on it. I had to send the picture to my wife to make her Photoshop it, to make it print while on the t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then and then she was cleaning up her. She got a new computer and she was cleaning up her old computer the other day. But when I walked by, she just had her computer open. The only thing was a full screen picture of that image that it looked like she was just staring at. So, I think everybody likes I it. Totally
3: understand that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's her wallpaper now. <laughs> oh my god! god. Oh, that's great. That's great. And does.
1: Does the book um, assume that people will impersonate Castor Lieberung because of money? Like they just assume you're yeah. gonna be money motivated?
3: Yep. yep, yep, that's the assumption. You know, like your players are gonna mm-hmm. want this. Fun. And and I and the interesting thing is, I took the advice. Actually, there's a there's another podcast, an older podcast of, of a group of players who played this uh, this campaign, uh, which is worth a listen if anybody wants to uh, ever go go listen in. here hear a different group uh, tackle it. It's, Goes a little differently for them, um, but I took the advice of the DM uh, from that game, who n- radically reduced the amount of, of inheritance. Uh, so in in the letter that I showed you guys uh, for the inheritance, it is much less than what is in the text because his mm-hmm. his assumption was, well, anyone who sees that much money is just going to assume that it's a, a scam.
2: Mm.
3: Like it's got to mm. be something be vaguely reasonable, and then you throw in some some offhand mention of like, oh, and there's a wine cell, a fully stocked wine cellar, estate, blah blah blah, and then they're like, oh, I like that. That sounds nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, not with our group. Our group was super money owner oriented, and some of us had negative intelligence, so we were like, yeah,
2: awesome. Dress up
1: is fun.
4: So, fancying yeah. up Indigo was,
3: just, was fun.
1: So, It was uh, fun. <laughs> like it's now super Christian, interesting that they you, assume you'd be greedy. That's all.
3: Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. It is interesting, right? And it feels when you read it in the text, you're like, mm, "That you're, you're jumping to a conclusion here." Like, what if they don't? Right? Does it derail yeah. the whole campaign? If they if they decide, nah, not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so far. Uh, Couple of times I've run it, and the, the the time I listen to it, that's exactly what the players do. They're like, "Yes, money. <laughs> We're gonna make a fortune by pulling the scam that you, Mister DM, never saw coming." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: uh, 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 uh. Yep.
3: You it's thought I just ignore this character? Looked exactly oh. like me. <laughs> so clever, so clever. Uh, Christian, as the sort of most morally upright character in the game. Did you ever second-guess that? Were you ever like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't impersonate a wealthy, dead, noble?
0: Absolutely not. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> it, yeah. I do find it very funny how Indigo had become the more, most morally upright character, because my intention was, finally, literally when I was making the character, my thought was, I'm tired of being the good fighter, the, like, <laughs> pallid, I'm just gonna be, you know, this whatever super pragmatic fighter, I, and it became the moral center when I, I got chosen by God. I feel like you can't think, get chosen by God without having a <laughs> religious <or laughs> kind.
4: Oh, see, because I was—I thought you did a good job with that. I really felt like even past that, Indigo, I felt like did not become any more moral. He simply fit decisions he wanted to make into the framework of what Sigmar would want. I, you know, I think you were just stuck with being relative to. The rest of the party, and mm. in any other group, Indigo might have been the, the wild one. You know,
5: yeah, like That's you're fair. the moral center of this party, but look at the things that we did, right? <laughs>
4: yeah, right <the>
3: <laughs> I want to. Um, <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I want to. I want to connect some dots here for you guys that you didn't that you didn't catch on to and then maybe uh, open this up to uh, any questions you have of other cases where you weren't quite sure what was going on. But just so you know, the inheritance letter was, of course, a scam. There was no inheritance. <gasps> that was BS. And right. it was sent yeah. by a bounty hunter. There was a bounty hunter named Adolphus who was eager to track, who knew what Caster Liebering was up to and wanted to track him down and kill him. Uh, so it was bait to bring him down to um, Bogenhofen. Uh, you met and killed Adolphus. Uh, you met that guy because he wanted to kill, because he yeah. thought, thought that Christian was Castor Lieberung and was his quarry and was trying to kill him. And so I, I don't know if you remember that, but somewhere along the river, you guys met and killed Adolphus. He was a, kind of like, he was shadowing you for a while. He kept kind of showing up in like darkened doorways and stuff and looking at you. And you're always like, what's what's up with that dude? Was um, that the guy
1: yeah. I ended up stabbing?
3: Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. What was oh. it my, f- my first murder? Wow. Your first murder, yeah. 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 That was Adolphus, who was ultimately good dude. Ultimately good dude oh. who was trying to do right and kill a Chaos Worshipper.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I thought we all knew that. I thought because he lit our boats on fire. He did light your boat on fire, yep, yep. Oh,
4: that was him. I thought that was the Purple Hand who had done that trying to get Caster.
3: No, No, it was Adolphus. Adolphus Adolphus The entire
4: time Caster is an outcast from the Purple Hand, right?
3: Yes, because he's vanished. He had instructions to do shit, and he just disappeared. And they were like, what the hell? And they they had caught wind that there was this inheritance. And so they were like, hey, the cult could use that inheritance to its ends. Where's our money, Caster?
1: (laughs) Did he just die from a beast man attack?
3: Random mutant attack. Yep. Yep.
1: Oh, okay. Random mutant attack. Uh, It was a terrible time to be alive.
2: There was was no
0: conspiracy
3: there. Forever World's just a dangerous place, man. (laughs) Just happened. Yeah, And your group just happened to come across it.
1: I felt like that guy was either... We definitely knew he was against Caster. We just didn't know why, right? We just didn't know which group he was affiliated with. We're like, oh, maybe there's two different groups or something. Mm -hmm. So we figured out the purple hand, like, well, maybe he was from a different group. And then we heard about the red crown, but yeah, we never, we never went back and thought about that ever again. (laughs) You know,
3: it's all good, it's all good. The the, the purple, the purple hand then is just a lot of fun to, to, to toy with who they think is Caster, who they think has gone rogue now, because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know, he got some inheritance, and now he doesn't listen to our commands anymore, and he does he's not doing his job, and he's running around the countryside doing whatever the hell he wants, and often, like, getting in the way, and, like, ruining our plots. What's up with this guy? Uh, <coughs> he did not like Caster. We so were not pleased with his performance. Um, yeah. Yep. Wait, for your,
1: wait for your annual review. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, what was okay? So what was up with yeah. the towers and the blood cult, or whatever the hell oh, was happening? Life. Yeah. Goodbye, Max. Oh yeah. What's um, yeah. yeah? What was happening <laughs> in, that, in, um,
2: that,
3: in that?
1: In that? In What? What? What?
3: Okay. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> you let know me, what I'm uh, talking uh, about, me, right, Paul? Let, me, let me try to remember. Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. There. There are these uh, signal towers that are trying to be built by the emperor uh, to quicken communications between Altdorf and Nolm. Um, underneath at least one, there was, uh, signs of a, a blood cult or a cult's, uh, worshippers of, um, Korn. Um, basically what's going on there was, that was me, Colleen, trying to tie in your, uh, engineering clan background. Um, obviously the dwarves had been, uh, employed by the empire to go build these, uh, signal towers. And that, that's all in the book. The signal towers exist. And then the one is uh, accidentally built on top of this site that used to be an, an observatory that had uh, uh, Dagmar's, uh, <laughs> the hiding place of Dagmar's balls. Um,
0: and um, the. So wait, okay.
1: I have a segue yeah. question. Dagmar's balls, yeah. is that in the book? Are they actually called Dagmar's balls? <laughs> and do they call that no. out in like a tooltip? Your players will <laughs> laugh at this, and they'll never let it go. Awesome
3: I eyes. wish. I wish. No, Dagmar's it's... balls was, a, it was an invention of mine. Um, that was not, that was not <laughs> in the game. Um, there is stuff in the observatory that's supposed to connect the dots between some some elements in the game. Uh, but then, Colleen, you remember you your intro for your character was that you had stolen something of value from the engineering yes. guild. And so I decided it would be one of these three keys that you need to open up. And I think I think that's in there. This notion that there are three keys to this thing, um, and and I don't remember. I, I think it was an accident that 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 they that they were balls. I think like for some yeah. reason I described the first one as being spherical, and then I was like, okay, it's a ball. And then just as somewhere along the road, it became funny that there were three of them and that they were Dagmar's balls. Dagmar's three balls. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <where's> three balls.
5: Why am I so immature? Like <laughs> it's, years. it's funny. It's <laughs> Whatever.
3: Funny. Yeah. Okay. Um Right. So um unwinding that. So the <laughs> um I'm trying to remember what what all the connecting dots here were. Uh, because some of this stuff wasn't realized. Some of this stuff wasn't kind of fully realized. And so it was, I had like ideas of things that just didn't come to fruition. Um, but I assumed that uh, I had some notes about how the um, Dwarven Engineering Guild had its own little portion of it that had been taken over by Corn worshippers. Because I was trying to get worshippers of each of the different cults into the game somewhere. Um, and so that I was trying to set up something where Yeffi could actually accidentally be on the good side. Right, so Yeffi stole this thing, but actually turns out stole this thing from this group uh, in the engineering guild, who are actually evil worshippers of corn. And so maybe like Yeffi, maybe Yeffi could come out on top on that one. Maybe. Well, <laughs> not the Well, I, I, I came, came
1: out on top in the game. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 Dude,
3: certainly not a, um, yeah. a
1: monster. Yeah,
3: I am a
1: monster. You're
2: winning. So-
3: um, uh, the general, the general gist of the whole of the whole campaign, frankly, is that there isn't one Machiavellian villain who's like out to destroy everything and take over the place, right? That like that that chaos yeah. is ramping up, and members of the different chaos cults are all gaining power, and like it, stuff is just about to explode. Yeah. And so you have worshippers of Siege, which is the Purple Hand, and you have worshippers of Corn, and you have uh, you know the Skaven worshipping Nurgle. Who are all gonna, you know, um, you know, it's just a lot of activity. Not all of it's related, right? A lot of activity, not all related, and then it's all kind of happening and coalescing, and like there's just a million threats that are gonna take down the empire at any at any moment, and then it's teetering on the brink. Um, yeah, so not 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 quite, but they are tendrils, right? There are little tendrils of things like the fact that Orlock knew about Dagmar's balls and knew how they were, you know used to to store this piece of warpstone or to hide away this piece of warpstone Agmor's balls and that yeah, was me just playing thing with thing. with the idea that Orlok is a vampire who's lived for a long time and it would be amusing for him to kind of just know some <laughs> stuff firsthand <coughs> I'm like oh yeah I was around when that happened I did like that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, that's that's the that's the gist. I don't think I really got to flesh that out fully because you guys didn't really pursue it very very long, and so I was like, all right, uh, I'll worry about this when they care. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there would have been there were some opportunities I think where you could have more attempted to infiltrate the um, dwarven guild of engineering, and that would have kind of exposed that there was a subcult of corn amongst them, and that they were trying to like basically trying to warp the Well, we got to go build these towers, but this is a great excuse for us to actually build, you know, temples to corn, hidden temples to corn that can really screw with the empire when, when, when the shit hits the fan.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard to. It's hard to fight, you know, dwarven cults of corn when you're slowly becoming a vampire. Just, just put it out there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, that was an interesting wrinkle. I didn't didn't really foresee <laughs> that. Yeah, he turn into a vampire by the time by the time he discovered the, the temple to corn. So and they're like, oh yeah, that puts a whole different spin on a big vat of blood. Hmm. <laughs> weird. Hmm. Yeah, when,
4: yeah. When was mm. Yeffi like officially becoming a vampire? Like episode one, or
3: you know, I. I felt that um, she was at least vaguely thrallish. That 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 Orlok had drained enough blood in that fight, right? Because I remember that Yeffie was down to like one wound or something, right? Nearly. I was dead gonna die that fight. Yeah. So I thought I thought it would be amusing that at least that there would then be this connection between Yeffie and Orlok. That he would that she was not quite a thrall, but like in the mm. you know early stages of becoming a thrall to Orlok. Um, so that, so that, you know, he had an excuse to be drawn to her and she could, you know, kind of fall into the magical sway of his influence or something. Um, I think just as we played more and more, I thought it was more amusing to just, but, you know, I think maybe Colleen was starting to have some goals. Were you, Did you start to make some goals that were like, oh, she wants to dig into the vampirism thing? I,
1: I think, I think when I realized I was enthralled to some degree, I, I started just playing up the Renfield angle, yeah. became just kind of creepy and I would eat flies and I was just, you know, yep. and as that progressed, we just started having fun with it. And I was yep. like, Oh, maybe yeah. there's something else going on here where if he gets more and more vampiric. Um, and then there I was had... me, I drank, I drank that demon. And like,
3: it's it. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You started yeah. actually ingesting blood from different places. Cause you also tried the stew, yeah. you tried the stew under the, under the yes. tower. And you, yeah, yeah. So oh, like, yeah, yeah, he's drinking more and more blood. This this feels good. Um, I had I have played a campaign once in the past where I had to play a player character who believed they were a vampire, but they were wrong, <laughs> 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 and that was funny. Uh, so I thought in this case it would be more amusing to just let her go full full fledged into it. And so it, sort of as we got into the end, and we knew that we we're getting close to the end of the campaign, I thought it's time to hit the throttle on this and really really let Yafi be a vampire. <sighs>
2: And, and worked out really well. And, you, I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, I was there was that scene where you were where you were using the vampirism powers to go across the river and spy on the cult of Ulric, and and just like nailing every dice roll. I was like, wow, just,
0: yeah, just crazy. owned this whole. Yes, whole he's section. a great vampire. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> great, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: She's like a dwarf bat, so it's just a really <laughs> tiny really <laughs> small weird <really> bat. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was it was uh, kind of getting weird. When I could turn to a bat, I was like, all right. Um, this character's probably done now. I'm a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my little halfling with me and go. Oh, if great. he wants to. That was a big thing for like not- um we, we had those discussions where once we realized Yeffie was a vampire and how thralls work, it was like, oh, well maybe Bruno's actually partially enthralled with Yeffie And for me as a player, I was like, I'm never gonna make you do something that you don't want to do. Like that's that won't be fun for you or anybody else involved. Um, and it just kind of worked out that Bruno and Yeffie's relationship is so freaking weird. <laughs>
4: The- <laughs> 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 that was never uh, it was never no commanding, difference. right? Right. Uh, there's, there's, a st- there's no there's no need to command. Just just a request where it seems like you might be annoyed was enough. Uh- right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you want,
1: whatever. I don't care. Harvest my own blood, no
4: problem. If you say
5: so. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing the for completely on your own like a (laughs) hundred percent
4: i think i think at that point i was convinced that like eventually like colleen was gonna do something that would be like outwardly vampiric and like i needed to be prepped for when bruno was gonna have to be like now's when we ditch the party because we're evil
5: Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Ditch this party
4: Yeah, you yeah. know, I it's thought was gonna be, there was going to be there was going to be a moment where we were got where it was going to be some weird break or whatever.
3: <laughs> Me too. I mean, I will, yeah, I, will I will point out that we have uh as as Indigo being the the character attempting to impersonate a dead noble to steal their fortune is in fact the most morally upright by comparison uh. to the things the other players were doing. <laughs> Like, that that's was that's, that's, that's the high mark of, of morality amongst the group. That's a good anchor. point.
5: A, a necromancer because she thought it would make her ugly and was trying to come <laughs> that up with a solution. Was so <laughs> funny. I, that. I
4: forgot that was I her only reason. On that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, she found out you gotta do different kinds of magic. So
4: oh, balance
5: man. diet. Balance diet. You know what's,
1: what's really interesting is that. You all chose to be really sketchy we all chose to be sketchy i rolled charlatan that was my class so i was like okay i'm i'm sketchy because i'm a charlatan but you max you rolled surgeon (laughs) and you just naturally chose to be sketchy
4: That's true. I mean, it is kind of my inclination, <laughs> right? uh, but it, in my defense, now Christian and I, when we started, we're put in a very bad, like we were put at a very low economic rung. So we did, it did feel a little economically yeah. desperate. Mina came in. Uh, well, no, Mina was a was a necromancer's apprentice. A lot, the necromancer, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was not was as good of uh, a gonna... defense as I was expecting when I started. <laughs>
5: <No>. <laughs> I, I thought about playing um Quinn, the character I played for one episode, who would have been a much more moral character, but Nina eh, seemed like a much more fun fit um so we we could have had a moral a moral center, but
4: me Nina's particular fun. relationship to magic was much funnier than <laughs> I think anything we could have gotten uh
5: yeah well we would have gotten a gun way sooner
3: I are there any other any other points uh, within the plot of the game that you guys still were like scratching your heads over that I that would that I can uh, reveal information on
2: what oh like
0: little, uh... oh. no you go first. Congrats. I was going to okay. segue a little um, bit. You can go. <laughs> uh, so the only other point, the the main one was what's with the corn Temple, which she talked about. The other one is yeah, yeah. also I think corn related, which is when we were in Middenheim, there was that other Ulrich who was going to the uh, yes. murder stone or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were going to go to the murder stone too and that's where that was going to culminate not yeah. in a, an all-out attack on the city. Huh. Uh, what was that? Was that something we could have, like, gone, or is that just, like, There's, something terrible on the wind?
3: There are some sketchy notes in the in the uh, material about how some of the provinces are starting to conflict, right? So war, it, this is kind of trying to foreshadow that the by the end of the campaign, the provinces should be in all-out war with each other right hmm. um, and so like it really should feel like by the by the very end of the campaign it really should feel like the empire is about to collapse because all the provinces are going to go to war and you know there's a there's also a religious war and there's just all this all this stuff going on and and all these cults trying to trying to ruin everything um so um the the interestingly the the scuffle is a bo- little border scuffle just there north of of uh Mindenheim. um <clears throat> and the idea is that some of the cults are trying to influence this to basically the, the, the goal of several of the cults is to just take sort of uh, existing conflicts and exacerbate them, right? Because they want the empire to fall. So uh, in this case, they had gotten their hooks into this, this sons of Ulric branch of, uh, of Ulric worshipers and convinced, you know, you know, fooled them into, into, uh, you know, um, Thinking that they were they were helpful and and whatnot when they're really a cult, and they were they were basically kind of feeding this little scuffle that was going on, and there was a, essentially a warlord up there, a, a kind of rogue general who was in charge of a of a military band who was really like digging into the corn aspect of like no nope, bloodshed 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 we're going to go and become all powerful so that we can crush this you know, ridiculous whatever other province that's that, mm. that we're in a scuffle with. Um so that was that notion was that did that mm. that was existing. So you could again mostly that's just to foreshadow that there are there are province there's you know conflict between the provinces, but I would threw it out there as a as another adventure that you could go on that you could go down there and and get involved in this uh in this border fight if you wanted to. Uh, and that brings some more corn stuff into into play. And those those little little bits of stuff. And it was it wasn't a huge thing, but it was a little thing you could have gotten involved with that. I think you again decided, nah, this is not this is not the, the thing we're interested in. We wanna we wanna we wanna figure out what's going on with these taxes.
4: Fucking
3: <laughs> 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 taxes. Uh, corn worshippers.
0: Screw those guys. <gasps>
5: i'm sorry i feel like i was like gung-ho on the taxes <laughs> i was, just,
0: like, I was also really into the time. tax talk I, I was like i, was, yeah.
2: I, I yeah.
4: couldn't believe yeah. people were super into it and so i was just like i guess this is what we're doing i don't i can't believe it from these people but here it is i i, guess. I was
3: i was shocked by it too that is the central plot to power behind the throne is the is the the whole tax thing um I mean at least that's that's what tips you into the realm of talking to all the advisors and then discovering like oh something really nefarious is going on and it's more than just taxes. Um the interesting thing is that's usually the uh kind of the main um complaint about this content. Uh what I see from from other groups is that like eh, it feels a bit mundane, right? It feels a bit like why would we care about a tax conflict? Like here we are chasing down cults and there's all this like terror like we just saved the um the Grand Theogenist, right? Like all this, you know, this big stuff going on. And now we're gonna get involved in a tax dispute. Like eh, seems seems a bit yeah. silly.
1: Uh, are those <laughs> players are those players really selfish? Because if you think about it, are, do those players have books and books that they don't want to have to pay for of scrolls? Is any of those players playing a dwarf who might be getting taxed? Oh, and then we've written a book that's going to get taxed because of scripts. I, you like hit all of yeah. our stuff for tax. Wow. All the stuff that our characters were like, yeah, that's important to me, <laughs> and it's not fair. So, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. only reason we were like taxes because we didn't want to be, we didn't have to pay the stupid toll. Yeah, we'll to
5: care, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was so funny about it was that we all got away with it, and then we were like, this isn't fair. Nobody should have to pay these taxes.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You kind of you got get a little go. altruistic there at the end. Like, already got away with avoiding the taxes on your own. Yeah. yeah. Was
1: there yeah. any way to save Ul- Ulrich from committing suicide? Or not oh, committing sure. suicide? Or whatever oh, sure. happened to yeah. him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so we just botched that. Um, Great, okay. That well. makes me feel a <laughs> lot better.
3: Wait. <laughs> right. We're supposed to say no. Absolutely, could have oh. prevented that one. Oh. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So oh, my we were to have
4: consequences <laughs> oh. for our actions at some point, you know. <laughs> we, we Stop
2: those taxes! Oh.
4: I feel
3: like I, I, think, moral you guys, I think you oh, guys—I think you guys witnessed saying, what was going on there, right? You guys witnessed uh, him, you know, kind of secretly meeting with the paramour and like knew that there was that—that that was the person he was in love with. Um, this is getting uh, worse. because well, yeah, no, no, I
1: know exactly but, why we didn't do anything. Because Bruno and Jeffrey were. We were in charge oh, of that one. We were! <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you guys were the we
4: And then we made it about us. <laughs> <As a person laughs> it. And we forgot to ever follow up on it again.
5: <laughs> that poor yep. guy died yep. because of us. That was a problem, and that's why it was fantastic. <laughs>
4: He wasn't that great. Yeah. I forgot. The oh, opera okay. scene was maybe my favorite Bruno and Yepy scene though, so it was worth it was worth all <laughs> work.
5: Oh my god.
4: Wow. I
5: forgot about I love this, Everything about that town. That, that was like that was such a good like everything that happened there was great. The, the get making uh Indigo into the champion was great. All of like <laughs> Yeah. All the flirting was great. I remember spending a lot of time being like, "What do you think if I say the word taxes?" Um, just to
0: see what
5: people would <laughs> yeah. say. That
0: was really fun. It was a very fun flip because it's it reminded me a lot of our adventure in Bogenhofen, where it was mm. almost identical. And Andy, I know you weren't there for that, but like it was, we were there. There was a big event. We found some kind of weird conspiracy going on. Even down to the... There was a romance, and Indigo was trying to become the champion of something. Except That's in Bogenhafen, absolutely powerless. And in Middenheim, I felt like we came in there and then we were like, Oh, we actually have influence. We can do something about this. We don't mm-hmm. just have to watch it happen and then deal with the <laughs> aftermath. Yeah.
3: Yeah, be- becoming the champion is is a great way to get to get like an in to that circle and be like, yep now now we have a now we have a, a reason to interact with these people. Uh, Those
1: were my favorite scenes with the champion stuff, like because we were just like, <laughs> yeah, Indigo can do this, and then we, yeah, we, it, I don't know, we, we, it was like we built up to that point, and then we then he became champion, and we're like, okay, great, now what? <laughs> what are we, we going to do? <laughs> But then it just wrote out for the rest of the campaign, because the they were like, no, this is just some kind of fancy, this is a meaningless title, you're not actually going to protect anyone, you're you're just their name, like like Queen of England, and... <laughs> But we ignored that rule for whatever reason. We're like, no, this means something. We're gonna barge into every meeting. <laughs> we're gonna throw, we're gonna bust on the door of this tower. We're gonna be like, this is Indigo. He's the champion of the gap. Graph. <laughs> he isn't even in charge here, okay? But he's here, so we have to <laughs> go now. Um, uh, I just I don't know I I loved it. I thought it was that was awesome.
3: It's very oh, surprising it just, to me, honestly. That, that whole running that whole section, I was surprised yeah. by which elements you guys dug into, and I was like, "Oh, they like this. Okay, great. They like this. One. Sure, why not?"
2: Okay. okay. My notes now
3: there are was uh, the, the, the major so- change I made to the to the content of this is there is this uh, elf character, one of the two elves, uh, who I think is a bard, is supposed to be your 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 pal. Yeah, uh, he's. Like, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, he's just very helpful and informative, and like wants to get involved and, and gives you lots of information according to the book. Uh, and I spun that, and I was like, "No, no, no, screw that elf! Uh, let's 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 put a vampire in this in the city."
0: <laughs> so oh. that, that whole fit was was my
3: addition. I was like, "I'm going to put one of the vampires up there, uh, who's That's also great. like you know trying to figure out what's going on, and that that makes sense that that person would be your ally because you know they've got Yeffi." And um, and they're also like also trying to unravel what the hell's going on up here.
4: That was so. great. I really I really liked Ariette showing up there.
3: Uh was-, Ariette was nice and, and Ariette for me was a great counterpoint to Orlock. I liked just sort of mm-hmm. like having a competent vampire show up and be like, yeah. Oh yeah, that that Orlock Joker, screw that guy.
1: <laughs> it was also a good point of we were like, oh, should we trust this vampire? And we're like, oh, this vampire is probably evil, and we're gonna screw it. In. And, and yeah, and of course, Yeffie being Yeffi, is all like, no, this is great. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us, I say it like I'm not playing that character. <laughs> um, everybody else there, we're just like, oh, the vampires don't like these cults either. There's something larger here that is going on that maybe we don't have to worry about the vampire in the room, which is scary, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> yeah. there's a big, there's a bigger threat. Which is cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah there's was, that, that, that kind of the enemy of my enemy moment.
5: <laughs> I, I love that scene in her parlor where there were just like all of these people who were like high ups in yeah. in the government were just sitting next to a vampire and it was, was so true. weirdly tense but we were also talking about taxes. <laughs> and it was like... It was like he knew like Yafi was safe, but like were any of the rest of us really safe? Like it felt like at any second, like we could all get murdered, which was really fun. It was just a really fun way to learn information.
2: Loved having
3: her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's fun. Elves, she's she's yeah. a real real character in the Greater Warhammer world. She's one of the one of the very high up high up vampires. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, you sorry, you going to ask Colleen about the elves?
1: Just just the the elves. Did end up helping us, um, but they were also yeah. elves, so they weren't terribly helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I had the feeling that they were in a relationship, and that one of them was like the extrovert in the relationship, who was like, "No, let's help That's them." A good yeah, and the other yeah. one was like, "No, don't get involved. Don't get involved with them. This is just like you. You always need to make friends with everyone that. you see." <laughs> like, yeah.
2: They also uh, could have
4: saved R. Ulrich, but got into a big romantic entanglement instead. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's
3: also their fault. Yeah, let's just blame it on the elves. So it yeah. that's I think funny. they were. Um, yeah,
2: that
3: yeah, that 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 section that part uh, is the is the part of the campaign where I had to do the most research and prep. 'Cause just there are just so many NPCs I and bet, yeah. I had to like print out all the cards and remember all the things and take notes about who's <clears> doing what just to like try to keep it all straight.
4: <laughs> we had yeah. a hard time keeping it straight. We
5: had such a hard yeah. time keeping it straight.
4: Yeah. I had a hard time keeping freaking Ernst Heidelman straight. So uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> right. so many I, characters was beyond me.
5: Uh, Ernst like, Tidman. More of a question probably for the group than for just Paul. But why was there a murder why was there a there an assassination to attempts on Ernst? Why was he what did he do that was to warrant a murder?
3: I really want to hear about how, to... how how you guys answer this question. I, I can answer <laughs> it, but I want to hear it like Max answer it. Max.
4: <laughs> Max does uh, not know. Oh, uh, obviously I know a little bit about it uh, <laughs> your
5: face was just like like um
4: my uh my guess was that because uh, <clears throat> Ronk was the turned out to be the leader of the purple hand earth silent was actually a part of the other cult right that I couldn't I really had trouble keeping straight uh, the red crown and- yeah, was just a high ranking member of their cult. Uh, why we ran into him mm-hmm. in the beginning in that carriage, I have no idea. That is, that whole uh, connection is baffling to me.
1: <laughs> well, Ernst Heilemann was working for your master, Andy, whose name is me now.
0: And uh, she was oh, connected, Telka, Telka. Telka.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and she was after Dagmar's balls, and yeah. Orlok had the information to, to, well, she thought that Orlok had the information of Dagmar's oh. balls. I remember we all went to that party and she was there and Orlok was there. Um, that's as much as I remember. I remember I knew more when it was happening, but because I play a dumb character, I didn't take any notes <laughs> and I would just, I would just forget things on purpose. Um. <laughs>
4: Uh, That's what I did too. That's I just uh, just to be yeah. clear. I right? was clear for parties. I, 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 I. Uh-huh.
1: And I would sure, rely sure. heavily I would rely heavily on Christian's Christian's notes because uh he, he took really good notes. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I remember when we were fighting we, we were really close to killing Orlok in that part at that party. And we yeah. stopped and we realized that Ernst Heidelman was working with the Red Crown, who was like, they were four mutants, and Orlok hated mutants. And so he went off and killed Ernst Heidelman um, and delivered him to us. Now, he may have also partially, this is just a thought, may have also partially delivered him to us because we wanted him dead. And I think Orlok was being weird about it. Oh. Huh. Either, he, I don't know if he was trying to intimidate us or if he was leaving a love letter. I'm not sure to this day exactly Probably why he both. dropped him in yeah. front of us, but yeah. Um, you got you got rolled into killing Ernst by Frank, um, but there he gave it another reason why in that conversation, like the person was causing trouble. And you, if I remember correctly, didn't quite realize that he was asking you to murder him. <laughs> I don't <know>. or like <laughs> half an hour, or until the show ended, and then we were like, you just agreed to murder him, and you were like, what? No! <laughs>
4: <laughs> Bruno getting out of that but also succeeding is got to be his finest, his finest act of, of luck and deference of responsibility. Uh, uh, the, the show yeah, after oh. that was
1: great, because Indigo is all like, so,
4: you're supposed to murder Ernest Heidelman, and you're like, who? I, I, who? I had no idea. I didn't write down any notes. Maybe we had two weeks. I literally, I just had no idea who that was or what anybody was talking about. And I was like, are you guys, like, gaslighting me? Is this a, is this, like I miss a session? Like,
3: that was.
4: Yo, know, it's because so Andy, we went to those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: I just wanna Andy, what, what do you remember about Ernst Heidelman? Do you remember anything I, about him prior to him being killed? Um, he, do you, he do you
5: telka. um I, I was yeah. in that 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 party scene, but I didn't understand anything that was going on. What I remember mostly was Bruno just yelling, Ernst Heidelman and like <laughs> trying to kill this guy. Yeah. Um, and I also remember being like, "Yeah, let's just kill Orlock," and everyone be like, "No, we're kind of in. we around as a pet, kind of." Yeah. So I was like,
3: "Okay." If, if you if you remember Andy, I shared with you on Google Docs a one page write up before you even started play about, about like here is some yeah. background for you and Ernst Tidelman. Ernst Tidelman is the other portrait in that in that handout. Do you still have that? I don't know if you I saw that. I do still
5: but, have
4: uh, that. I should go dig yeah, that. Yeah. Not the only um, one. If you go take a peek at that. On Ernst Heidelman.
3: <laughs> Ernst Heidelman is mentioned in it, and there's two pictures in that. One is of Atelka and one is of Ernst Heidelman. Um, so the interesting thing about Ernst Heidelman, uh, one is that yes, he is he's Atelka's apprentice. He's he's um, uh, he's off doing her bidding. So and she's ultimately involved with the Red Crown. So he's this is this is Red Crown business that he's doing. Um, and uh, he's on the original. Uh, he he's just by coincidence on a coach that you guys are on in the beginning, right? There is some beginning scene where you guys are on this coach, and and he's there, and he behaves a little suspiciously, right? Because he's got a book that he doesn't want anyone to see that has got some weird chaos shit in it. Is 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 the gist? But he's you are supposed to. The hope is that you see him and you are like that guy's a little shifty and weird. I don't know about that guy. Um, so that later when he comes up again, you go, wait a minute, that's that guy from that coach. And he seemed shifty then, and now he's like super shifty. And so I just definitely don't trust him. Um, and, um, right. So he's, he was off. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what he did, but he was, he was involved in some kind of swindle of getting some money, um, some funding for, for the red crown. um, and uh, I think he was I think he was specifically possibly swindling Orlock, which is why Orlock wanted oh. him dead, maybe. I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember who he was swindling. But um, No, I'm sorry, he was swindling Frank. Right. That's why Frank wanted him dead. Oh, is because okay. oh. because he, was, he was he was he stole money from Frank's organization.
4: Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. See I think I think yep. discovering or the fact that he was someone we ran into previously just caused like a hard reset on my memory. As soon as that <laughs> fact didn't line up with what I remembered, went in there, my the whole section about Ernst Heidelman yep. was blanked out. <laughs>
3: we we ran but into. But you also twice. decided that he was like your mortal enemy for some reason, Max. <laughs> and I think that was entirely just Bruno's imagination or something, right? That Ernst Ernst Teidelman, like something about him just. <laughs>
0: Rubbed Bruno uh, I the think, wrong way.
4: I, I think the joke for me was that because I couldn't remember him, the only yes. way to the only way to do it was to just be as aggressively anti Ernst Heidelman as possible because I couldn't remember a single fact about Ernst Heidelman other than his name. <laughs> <That's great.
3: Yeah. laughs> yeah. uh, Ernst Heidelman was also a mutant, right? Because the Red Crown is very pro mutant. Right. So Ernst Ernst Heidelman was a mutant. Um yeah. So so there you go. That's that's this this the story behind Ernst Heidelman. I, it's one of the things of the writing of the material that I like is this is this frequent foreshadowing where they a lot of times will put something in an earlier bit that is there for no good reason except that like you're going to bump into this character again later you're going to bump into this person again later and you know like a, like Elvira or Ernst or whatever and and like you know they'll like click into your memory oh we, we we've seen this person before they must be important. <laughs>
1: Or not, or, or, or we bumped into them twice, and we are like, who? Because I thought was, I do was remember we bumped into him with... a, I do remember we bumped into him a second time. It was, severely pointed out to, to me, and I was like, oh, hey everybody, it's that weird bald guy or whatever with the book. And I think Bruno's bag had gotten stolen by kids.
4: And so Bruno's like, I yeah. don't care.
1: And we went after the kids. And like that we was just totally
4: wrong with her Ignored the fact that we saw,
1: Br- we were like, okay, that was that old guy is there, and we're like, eh, whatever. And Bruno's just like, I don't care, I want my bag, and I like kids are gonna die, and ran off to find the preschoolers. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Max is very upset about being robbed. I'm so upset about that.
4: You guys it was
5: all- oh, That's so good. Uh, I love it. I Bruna love was that. Bruno so, lost all of his stuff.
4: Multiple that was so times. funny. He was I'm so desperate so to keep all his things. It's just all his, he just somehow assembled the a a plethora of evil things, and then something went wrong, and he had to lose it all. Oh,
5: man. oh my god! That jar. Uh, Ugh.
4: The, the, <laughs> the jar. Yeah. The KS terrarium was. Uh, uh, I don't know.
3: I'm fired. <laughs> Oh wait I the guy. Now, now, remember, wasn't wasn't Bruno starting to like get to the point of corruption? I feel like Bruno was starting to be corrupted and was starting to grow uh, a chaos organ of some kind. I think we just uh, never quite saw the the completion of that. I'm disappointed we never did that we it. didn't run that through.
4: I I think partway through we or or <laughs> you did a revamp on the insanity cards in general. Yeah and then yeah, i think the yeah, whole corruption uh, insanity thing fell fell off then which is fine it, it would have been funny if bruno developed a mutation
3: but uh yeah yeah i think at some point wasn't i t- i was i was hinting at the fact that that bruno was starting to grow a tail wasn't he yeah.
4: cuz he yeah. cuz he had four cuz he had four <laughs> corruption points and i think it's six that you have to roll on a table yeah. i think that's the fourth edition yeah. but maybe it's uh, yeah
3: yeah no, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think we just never quite, never quite,
4: uh,
3: never quite reached completion on that thread. That would have been amusing. There's a lot Bruno, of stuff going the, on.
4: Uh, yeah. 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 yeah some kids I mean, Bruno get
3: mutated though. For for a guy who's so anti mutant, for Bruno to get been. mutated, that
4: would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: What? <laughs> you have a tail.
4: Uh, <laughs> it was more of a stump. It was more of a stump, I think. Uh, you know. Yeah,
5: yeah. Um, Paul, I meant to ask you earlier, um, was there any, like, boss fight or, like, fight fight that we totally skipped out on that you were kind of looking forward to or something you, like, you'd planned that we just...
2: I don't know. I mean, part of the
3: reason... Stuff yeah part of the reason that I really wanted to put this on a framework of o d and d is that I knew when it came to like fighting I could just fall back into actually d and d stats are just so easy. I didn't really have to prethink a lot right I had a, a couple I have a little booklet here that just has some some outlines of like this is what a mutant is like and this is what a beastman's like and this is what Skaven's like and so I could just use that and then add or remove it dice or, or abilities and it was very very quick. So, so basically, the 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 reason I bring that up is that like most of the time, I didn't have like complex stats for for bosses that I would make them up on the fly. Pretty much as we we're sitting there. Oh, oh quick! Uh, yeah, this is what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, as so, always, so I don't, I don't think it was I mean,
5: character wise. <laughs> yeah. Like, was there any <laughs> character wise? Oh yeah.
3: I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed I you didn't meet the cockroach guy, but he wasn't really a boss fight. <laughs> Me too, um, um, there's there's certainly some neat stuff in the castle. There was a there was a chaos warrior in there you could have fought, which would have been fun. Um, mm-hmm. And and um, and of course, uh, <clears> I was ready for a much more interesting fight at the end with the second time you met Gutbag. And uh, that kind of quickly just kind of sidestepped that one.
4: <laughs> Gutbag, Gutbag and Bruno having a real Wizards duel um, potentially months or years after a fake Wizards duel was really funny.
0: That uh, was good.
3: That was good. Total accident there. Total accident. Just thought I would give Gutbag a little something to make him uh, a little heftier. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, look at this. Real Wizards
0: duel. Great. <laughs> real Wizards duel. <laughs>
5: i loved loved watching that if the whole thing had gone bad mina still would not have contributed to that fight
4: because i i I was sitting there i was like the last time i waved this stupid wand i think it i think it messed up and i was like i'm not really convinced mina's gonna help the way i don't think i had time i was like the first thing i'm gonna do is shout to mina if this goes wrong you cast a real spell but I, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you gonna do it. I think I'm gonna get killed by Gutbag <laughs> <laughs> My oh, apprentice.
3: Gut bag. <laughs> no. it was as wand. as we were as we were rolling into the final episodes there, I was definitely consciously going through the old books and trying to pull out like who who needs to reappear one last time before the yeah. game ends. I was like I need Definitely I need cameos back. from every every character. I need to you know bring them back one last time just to just for just for for fun. Uh so I was glad glad to find an excuse to get up back back.
2: Yeah.
3: Was not I'm expecting the, uh... uh was not expecting to roleplay Sigmar so much. That was an
2: interesting
3: <laughs> angle. Didn't, didn't really didn't really see that going that direction when I put Sigmar in there.
1: So, what's supposed to happen uh, there with the um, that cave? Like, are we are, uh, you, are you supposed to actually get?
3: Ul- yeah, ultimately, Sorry. it's it's uh, for me uh, reading it. I felt it was kind of uh, a letdown. Is that Galmaraz is just there? There's Galmaraz just floating there, mm. and you take it, and woohoo, you got Galmaraz. I was like, yeah, oh. it feels like a bit of a letdown. Like, I don't know, I want something more interesting than that. <laughs> yeah so 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 i put sigmar there too (laughs) i
4: I thought that was a great ending to the game to put us in the position we were just least capable of handling (laughs) Uh, i
5: don't think we were good advisors
4: just to have sigmar completely completely separated from the modern world uh, not ready for it and us not really knowing what we're doing is was really yeah, uh, funny like we meet god the episode after we forget to buy any food before going on a long trip <laughs> through the world Like <laughs> <laughs> the very next day we're advising god uh, president yeah. god buy so, food
3: before
4: oh, you go on a trip yeah <one>.
3: A lot of that comes from me having this this silly little book, which I can't remember where the heck I bought this, but it's just called The Life of Sigmar. It's this tiny little book. Uh, it's oh, very gosh. cute, and it's um, I, some some random RPG shop I bought this at, uh, and it's just it's, it's literally just tales about Sigmar. It's just a little storybook. Like, and and you know, reading it, it's like okay, it's cute to like get some background about the lore of Sigmar, but I personally just love it to use it as a as a real prop. Of like no, this exists in the Warhammer world. Like, this is legit, and so from and then from reading it, I was like, well, now I know a lot about Sigmar, and and the legend of Sigmar is at the end, he just walks off, he just goes and disappears into the into the mountains to go help some dwarves with something, and is just vanishes, <laughs> and, and then of course the the. Enemy Within proposes, like, but he left behind Galmaraz. And I'm like, well, what if he didn't leave? What if he's... He's just a dude. He's just the Emperor. Like, I mean, a very capable guy, the Emperor, but, like, what if, like, he just got stuck in some spell that kind of froze time, and suddenly people started worshipping him like a god.
4: (laughs) I I do like the idea that... that, that,
3: that Go on,
4: go on, Matt. I, uh, I, I like the idea that the best president we could have is George Washington, frozen in time. Just immediately, <laughs> no real, minor minor catching up, still the best one we got.
2: Still
3: the best. Mm. I, I enjoyed the, the role-playing challenge of playing this guy who, you know, he, I mean, he was emperor, so certainly he's going to have a, a little bit wrong in his head about, like, you know, thinking that he's better than most people. Um... But then being told he's a god and have him come around, like begin with like what are you talking about I'm not a god and then like as he's walking around being like I am a god feel like a god
0: <laughs> <laughs> how
3: does one know if one is a god
4: <laughs> and we instead of helping him we push him into the delusion that. He's- God. Yeah, right. convenient <laughs> to us. Right, right. I was,
3: I was kind of inspired by the uh the bit in um Groundhog Day where Bill Murray's like, maybe God's not God, maybe God's just been around for a long time.
5: <laughs> just so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do have a question. If Sigmar is just like stuck in this mountain, who who spoke to Indigo?
3: Oh, that's an excellent question. So there's that's that's um, there's a temple to Sigmar, um, right? Where um, I mean, this gets a little bit into like the metaphysics of uh, of of the Warhammer world, and yeah. is the, is there such thing <clears throat> as gods, and it, how does magic work? Um, um, so in the book, it doesn't really specify, right? It just says here's this temple, and when you come in, you know these words appear in your head and and blah, blah blah you are the chosen of sigmar go and go and go and help them and do good things um, uh, which was fun That uh, was a great moment for I think indigo of sort of like giving him a whole new outlook on yeah. on life uh, um, uh, so who was it well it wasn't that guy it wasn't that frozen sigmar uh, certainly uh, I like the explanation most that all magic in the Warhammer world ultimately comes from chaos. Um, that that in one way or another, you are tapping into the, the raw chaos that is the same thing that creates demons. It's the same force that, you know, that ultimately you're fighting against, right? It's ultimately... So, in fact, practicing magic is actually quite bad. Um, and the theory goes that, like, well, there's these, um, you know, the priests, you know, think that they're worshiping gods, but really... They just have highly ritualized magic that is still ultimately just tapping into chaos, hmm. and so that there's just some magical effect that was brought about in that in that temple from you know constant ritual and whatnot that manifests as if it was Sigmar, but is is there a, a deity that's actually talking to Christian at that point uh, or Indigo rather at that point? Uh, I think not. I, yeah. I think it's just residual magic. <clears throat> that's cool. my my take on it. I love that.
5: (laughs) That feels super correct.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it proposes an outlook, which some some Warhammer fans will not agree with me on, but it proposes an outlook that there are no gods, that the gods are it's 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 this bullshit. <laughs> well,
4: let me just check the uh, like- Warhammer Age of Sigmar source material real quick cuz that's uh, up to date Excellent. canonical. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. I was pretty fast and loose with the with the books here. I definitely did not feel obligated to uh, stick to canon. Um it was yeah. great. I yeah. yeah.
4: Sigmar showing up was just a great uh, I don't know, incredibly <laughs> funny and bizarre, and I guess epic. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, we have got just uh, maybe about ten minutes left here. Does anybody anybody have any uh, last last thoughts on the campaign? Anything, any, anything else you want to ruminate on about uh, which you liked or didn't like, or? questions you still have?
4: I would like to know everyone's favorite part. Excellent. So I've had trouble picking one. So uh...
1: <sighs> That's really hard.
4: We yeah. just, yeah, we just so spent hard. almost two hours talking about all the all the parts. All of our favorite parts, yeah. All of the, yeah. Yeah. All I all the parts. One
3: of the ones I already said. Um... I, will, I, will, I will jump in with I... I, I don't know if this is a, a favorite part, but it's a part worth calling out when uh, when we have a few minutes still left here. I really enjoyed Bruno throwing a rock at the doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like the one moment where, like, I really thought, you know, that Bruno's inability to really do anything that it was just going to fail and the rock was going to whatever clatter against the cobblestones, and you just nailed it. You just like aced all the dice. And dice were just like, no, this is going to happen. That that, that was a, a moment, I think, right where the dice decided <clears throat> the campaign is going this direction now.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
3: all right. That was, there, that was my yeah, favorite. You hit him square in of, the head you knock him out. Uh...
4: <laughs> that was definitely Bruno's slipperiest moral moment of instantly taking advantage of the fact that he nearly killed that
0: guy to take his place. <laughs> uh... <laughs> was fun for me, <laughs> and,
3: and, and then it came back, right? Like I feel like like uh, it was you were Bruno was routinely hounded about it. <laughs> Remember that time yeah. you threw that rock at that yeah. at the top? Yeah. 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 nearly
4: killed him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: who else has a favorite they want to call out?
0: My favorite Everybody. part was the terrible castle. Um, castle, castle Von Vittgenstein. Yeah,
2: I think is good. Yeah. it
0: was beautifully foreshadowed by us aggressively being like, we're not going to the castle. We're not going, we're going there! To the castle. <laughs> bring to the castle. <laughs> if something tries to, we'll say no and we'll do something else. And then winding up <laughs> in the castle and it being precisely as it's bad so- and somehow <laughs> some worse than our our darkest uh, night uh, was just really uh, satisfying. Like, oh, we never That's should right. have come. We were right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the
3: castle is, in fact, really awful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just
4: the slow realization that it's the picture on the cover of the book and we're completely screwed <laughs> trying to avoid it.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember
5: I basically landing at the castle and like ending the episode and then like Paul just holding up the book like, <laughs> <psych!
3: laughs> well, I thought you were going to avoid the <laughs> castle. I mean, the box set here comes with a giant fold-out map of the interior <laughs> of the castle. Wow. This is what the adventure is about, is going wow. to the castle. <laughs> <laughs>
5: the castle. I didn't want to go, though. <laughs> Have you considered...
3: You
5: really didn't want
1: to do it. Oh, yeah. oh, great! It was so good. It's a terrible place. We heard some terrible, terrible things about it. It was terrible. And then we get there, and the villagers are all weird. And I forget what mutant abomination was chasing them or plaguing them that day. But we were like, oh
4: boy, oh, that's right. We had and procs, then one of the us. comes down and just assassinates a bunch of people yeah. randomly. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah. that I, castle.
3: I particularly enjoyed what got you finally to the castle was the oh geez we need a whole bunch of drugs where can we get some (laughs)
2: so good
3: (laughs) and and to have uh, uh, what was oh I'm trying to remember Frank's cousin's name uh, Sergei Sergei was just like all right I got this lead I got this lead it's at the castle
5: (laughs) oh god I remember like a horrible sinking feeling. Like, when he was like, well, I haven't gotten it. But you know where you can get them. miserable. Oh,
3: uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, That's good stuff. I, uh, I have to go me, with... You got a favorite moment you want to call it? Oh, oh, sorry, go on. Max?
4: Oh, I was going to say, we've already talked about it, but I have to go with Mina and Jana's first attempts at flirting was just so funny. And <laughs> Jana's... Jana's response being incredible patience and interest as opposed to outright like disturbance was so good. <laughs> like Mina seems like she's bombing it, but I think she's doing good. Like I think I think it's working.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that to work at all. And just the fact so, that you know it was... Uh, that, that was so sweet. <laughs>
4: It was so cute, so sweet. And your flirt, it's just, it never got better. At no point did it seem like you ever got more comfortable. It was the same level of intense discomfort. It was so funny. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness.
5: man. I think Mina was just like, does she like me? Do people <laughs> like me? This doesn't seem right, but okay. I'll keep doing this then. Uh, oh, man, that was so fun. God, just, again... I, I, I really, I already mentioned this, but that whole scene at Ariad's parlor, was just like mm-hmm. pitch perfect.
2: Really good. Yeah, you know what yeah. I really
5: enjoy <clears throat> that we haven't mentioned? That time, speaking of shopping, where I went to buy a bunch of books and um, Yafi came with me and bought Pink Goes to Market. <laughs> that
3: was Pink Goes to market. market, yeah. Oh my God, oh God. Pink Goes to Market book
1: series, The trilogy that no one asked for.
3: and
4: whenever whenever colleen had to write or do something in character as yeffi trying to write or read it was just always flawless of someone who did not really know how to read or write Uh,
1: it's because i've been teaching my son i've been teaching my son how to read this entire time so i've been listening to him figure out how to no words, so I just, oh, I love him dearly, but I was just like, okay, I know what this sounds
4: I, like. Yeah, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> amazing.
3: Oh. That is amazing. Well done. Well done. Well done. And I, I enjoyed tossing in, I think there was some ancient library you were in, and I was like, I need some, like, ancient version of, of Pig Goes to Market. And it was like, swine goes to, I can't even remember what it was.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Swine Goes is to the non-
1: Manon's cookies. Like anytime Manan's I had Manon's cookies,
4: a I think Manan's cookies was good. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I, I personally enjoyed. There's a couple. There's two different scenes. One, I can't remember who did it. It was either Mina or it was, it was Bruno. When we were fighting the giant rat, the Skaven, and we almost we almost all died because the lightning rod went off. Mm-hmm. That was Mina. Okay, I thought it was you, but sometimes Bruno also almost kills us. Um, That that whole scene was-
5: I almost killed everyone twice.
1: It was like a perfect (laughs) storm where we're just like, oh God, and then we all rolled and we're like, oh no. no. And I had one hit point left and everybody else was critical.
0: And I was like, oh my God. It was only because
1: (laughs) I have like crazy agility. And you were the only
4: one left standing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I had to. Figure, I was like, "What do I do?" Oh my god! But no, just the just the look on everyone's face. We're like, "I'm like me." was just like, "I'm gonna cast from this rod," and we're like, "Well, wait, no, we're inside." No. <laughs> <And it> just,
5: <sighs>
4: um. Well, yeah, I, the aftermath. Of-
5: in a game a run by. With <laughs>
4: I've done, I did, I in early games I played with Dan, I had a wand of lightning bolt, and I didn't realize the specifics of the, like, expanding fucking bolt or whatever, and I did the exact same thing and wiped out, so it shot it down the hallway that your friends are in is just a surefire way to kill everyone you know. Uh, I'm you just know. like, I think she's gonna kill us all. Like, that's the <laughs> <laughs> only bolt. The room we're in, we're dead. Like, that's it. <laughs> fireballing like that other- it, it will really be toast <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> one of my other all-time favorite scenes is um max you wrote a letter and then you actually wrote a letter <laughs> explaining <laughs> to Elvira no. that you know you were not meant to be and having paul read that letter out that was loud so <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how Yeppee still didn't understand the letter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you platonic understand means. what means. <laughs> platonic means?" <laughs> <laughs> platonic. Then platonic. The uh, but I love that you actually oh, wrote the letter man. and you sent it to Paul, and then Paul had to read that that piece of work. I-
4: I also wrote oh. Bruto's memoirs of the journey thus far. I think oh, to give to Andy God. when she started. Yes,
5: you did. Uh, yes, you did. And I read that and I was like, this is hilarious. I have no idea
4: what any of this means. I have no idea I was, <laughs> Once I was done with it, I was like, what the fuck was the point of this? This was a useless document to help anybody. Like, <laughs> Oh, it was so funny, though. <laughs> oh, I was like,
5: okay, God. well, that's who Bruno is, I
2: guess.
5: I understand very well what Bruno's character is.
4: Subscribe <laughs> to Patreon, uh, and uh, you too can get free copies of the uh, random in-character Bruno letters. <laughs> excellent, excellent.
3: You gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta send that to me, uh, Max, and we'll uh, we'll uh, post it on the Discord for all our patrons to. Uh, I do
4: have it somewhere. I'll it find it. Uh, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous.
3: All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our time. We are just at the end here. So, thank you, everyone, for. Joining us as we ruminate about our uh, favorite bits and whatnot of uh, of uh, Dead Rats' two two year long campaign, um, and join us next week as we dig into Kids on Bikes run by Colleen. Uh, kids on bikes. Really bikes It should be fun. Bikes should be fun. Great. Awesome. That's us. Uh, so <laughs> that's us. That's, that's us. us. <laughs> 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 Awesome! Thanks, everyone, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week on uh, the those damn rodeos.
4: Mm. That's us. swing and a miss.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.